here, book of Psalms, chapter 30, and uh, glad we can come to church and have a good time. Well, that was all three of y'all are happy to be here. The rest of you, I've got some socks for you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I really am. I count it an honor to be here with my dear friends, Pastor First Lady Bradford. They're some of God's very best, and I uh, thank God for their family. They, they are affecting the world. And I don't say that lightly, but I feel like every time, and I can't believe I'm saying this in front of him, but every time I'm around him, I leave a better person. And I, I, I love Pastor Bradford and their wonderful family. They are like family. I told him, uh, he got here, he said, oh, by the way, I don't know who put that basket together, but you bought a hat that actually fits my head. I don't know if you looked and said, that rascal's got a big head or what, but it actually fit. Praise God, that's a miracle. Uh, thank you for the basket. But he told me, he said, there's a basket upstairs. I said, man, I'm at a second home, whatever you want to call it, so I don't need a basket. I'm glad to be in Bakersfield. Hey, man, I love this church so much. Psalms chapter 30, uh, Pastor Bradford had no idea just a moment ago what I was going to preach, but I do feel like the Holy Ghost just set this up, and I want to tell you, if you've never been to an apostolic church before, if you've never experienced this, please, for the lack of for the hope of safety, Keep your hands and feet inside the moving vehicle at all times because it might get crazy. It's Sunday night in the Pentecostal church. Somebody might run. Somebody might dance. Somebody might shout. Say, well, you done done all that. Well, we might do it some more because God's just been that good. Woo! Man, Psalms chapter 30, verse 1. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and has not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Verse 5 is a very familiar text. However, we don't typically quote the whole thing, and we're going to deal with that tonight. The Bible says, for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. I want to preach to us tonight, if God will be my help for the next few moments, David's approach to a new season. David's approach to a new season. Would you help me right now by lifting your hands to heaven and asking God to give us help? God, we need you. We need your strength. We need your power. We need your anointing. We know that there's nobody like you in heaven or in earth. We're asking you, Lord, to have in this house. God, let somebody receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let them speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, which is still the only way to get the Holy Ghost. God, I pray right now that miracles, signs, and wonders would happen in this house tonight. Heal somebody's body. Fix somebody's mind. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Would you clap your hands one more time unto the Lord and make it a Psalms 47 in one hand clap. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Y'all sit down. We're going to have fun and preach tonight. It'll be all right. Hallelujah. The setting of the psalm is very important because 
it lets us know that we are indeed entering into a new season at this text. It is very evident that throughout Scripture that a season begins or ends because something happened at the house of God. A temple was built. A tabernacle was built. An altar was built. Something to do along those lines, and, and we could take a lot of time that I don't have tonight and talk about it. We could talk about Jacob, and we could talk about Moses in the wilderness, and then we could talk about the temple of Solomon, and we could talk about the Babylonian captivity, all of those things that we think of that are very significant in Scripture. Every one of them have that in common, that they all are centered around something happening at the house of God. Now, with that being said, David opens tonight in our text, he opens giving God praise and giving God glory, and it is going into a new season. How do we know that? Because this is the moment that David is setting up a temporary structure for the things of God, a temporary uh, tabernacle, if you will, for the things of God. And so this begins a season that will change the dynamics of how life has been in Israel. David begins by talking about the keeping hand of God, by th saying things like, my foes didn't rejoice over me. I cried and you healed me. You kept me alive from the grave. And I don't know what it was like to be there that day, but I'm pretty sure there was something inside of David that got happy right there. David said, you didn't let my enemies kill me. They had every right to put me in a corner and to back me up. But God, you made a way where there was no way. If I was preaching it like we're in 2024, David just simply said, I had a lot of haters that didn't like me getting to where I am, but God made a way out of no way. I had a lot of people that didn't like me and said I didn't even belong in the church, but what they didn't know is I ain't doing this for people. I'm doing this for God. I'm telling you tonight on this Sunday night uh, that you've got something to be thankful for. You've got something to praise God for. Uh, you've got something to rejoice over. You didn't die when you should have died. Your enemies uh, did not overtake you, uh, but God made a way of escape. Uh, God opened doors uh, that no man could close. Uh, God saved you. God healed you. God made a way. Hallelujah. David is talking about what it's like to live life. I am amazed at how much I see myself in the Word of God. And I think that is what the Word of God is really intended to do. As I see David, I see myself. As I see Solomon, I see myself. As I see the Apostle Paul, I see myself. And I see as they begin to talk about their flaws and their good times and their bad times. I see my flaws and I see my good times and I see my bad times as well. And it is here that David is simply talking to us and telling us that when you're walking into a new season, you can't get so focused on the people that don't like you that you forget that God is for you. You can't get so focused on the people that don't want you to have revival and don't want you to have a breakthrough and don't want you to walk in anointing that you forget that if God be for me, who can be against me? If you're not careful, you'll listen to the haters. You'll listen to everybody that's got something negative to say about you and it'll pull you out of the house of God. But I'm here to tell you tonight, God's on your side. And if you got God on your side, that's enough. 
Oh, I feel like shouting on Sunday night. If God be for you, I'm going to say it again for those of you still sleeping. If God be for you, who can be against you? If God's fighting for you, there's not a devil in hell or out of hell that can take you out. I'm here to tell you, baby, you're on the winning side when you're on the Lord's side. That's why David said, give thanks unto him, all ye saints of his. Well, Lord, help me, Jesus. I'm about to have a Holy Ghost come apart right now. He says, this ain't for the people. Now, listen, y'all going to get to shout too. Don't worry. I'm going to get to you in a minute. He said, this ain't for the people that are just walking into the church for the first time. He said, these are people that have been in this a little while. And they've seen God make a way. And so he just stops and says, when we're going into this new season, there's some things changing around the house of God. Things are going to be set in order. He said, I need some saints that will stand up and give praises unto the Lord because they know that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? You want to know why that's important? Because there's somebody here tonight that's wondering if there's anything to this God stuff and your praise and your worship is a testimony to the fact that God is a keeper and God is a deliverer and God is a way maker. That's just emotionalism. Baby, you can call it what you want to call it. We ain't running because there's a fire. We're running because we remember I came out all right. The devil thought he had me. The devil thought he could kill me. But God saved me. But God picked me up. But God turned me. Gives praise. Oh, ye saints of his. If you're a saint, you ought to be making some noise right now. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you ought to be making... So one could say, Exhibit A, point one, is David's approach to a new season. It's don't you go into this thing without giving God praise. Before you know what you're going to face, whether I feel it or I don't, before you know what you're going to come up against, God praise, oh, ye saints of his. Then David begins to talk to us. He begins once again to tell us about life. And David says, for his anger endureth for a moment. See, David was not avoiding the anger of God. Oh, I'm about to make somebody mad right now. You think that just because you got in church, all your problems were supposed to disappear, but David said God still got mad. You know why David was saying this? Because David knows he's a bloody man and he can't build the tabernacle. And there would be some that know David's past that would come to church, and can I preach it like we in 2024, and say, David, why you shouting like that when you used to be like that? Why you up there dancing when you know Bathsheba wasn't your wife? Why you running the aisles when you, you, you know you used to be an alcoholic? You know you used to be a drug addict. 
You know you was good for nothing. And David was looking at him and saying, honey, his anger endureth but for a moment. He wasn't denying the fact that God has to punish sin. But he said that season is only for a moment. But once you get past the season of anger, he said in his favor there is life. I've come to tell somebody today that the devil's trying to convince you to walk out the door because God had to get on to you a little bit and give you a little spanking and tell you we don't act like that and we don't do that. That you need to realize his anger only lasts for a couple of moments. But when you get through the anger, the favor of the Lord, it lasts for life. <laughs> Hallelujah. David, how can you build a church like that? Because God favored me. David, how can you run the aisles when you made all the mistakes that you made? Because I understand that I learned how to live for God through the anger and I found that there was favor after the anger. David, how can you come to church and dance when everything's going wrong? He said, baby, because I know I've been there. He picked me over Saul. He picked me over my brethren. They didn't even think I was worthy to be a king. But God favored me. That's why I'm shouting. That's why I'm dancing. He picked me when I wouldn't pick myself. He cared about me when I didn't care about myself. He loved me when I didn't love me. He favored me. David's approach to a new season was to get you to realize that you indeed have something to shout about. The favor of the Lord is walking with you everywhere that you go. The favor of the Lord is on your life. I'm trying to get to my point, but I just feel like telling somebody, you need to go back home, look the devil in the eye, and tell him, I may not be everything I need to be, but at least I'm not what I used to be. I'm convinced, Pastor Bradford, that there's a lot of people that don't get their breakthrough in worship because they listen to the lie of the enemy that tells them because of what they have done, they cannot get a breakthrough, and they cannot get up in the front and praise God, and they can't run the aisle. Let me tell you something, honey. Ain't nothing stopping you but air and opportunity. If you got breath, let everything that have breath bring. Don't matter if you made a mistake or not. David said if you did, just come on to church and give him praise and get back up again. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so then David begins to tell us, weeping may endure for a night. You have to understand that in the Hebrew text, it is a lot more plain than, the, than what we see in the English. The idea of weeping that we have in Western society, is my best friend unfriended me on Instagram. Bless your little pea picking heart. Preacher didn't talk to me this week. Let's be honest, that's the kind of stuff we cry about. But the idea of weeping in a scriptural context, the word actually fits better to say wailing. The picture that David is painting here is a woman in her travail. She's getting ready to bring forth a child. And he says, wailing may endure for a night. Wailing is going to cost you. Wailing is going to hurt. Wailing, there's going to be a whole lot of pain and depression involved. Wailing, oh God, why did you let me come to where I'm at? Wailing, oh God, have you left me? Wailing, God, where are you when I'm in the middle of this mess? But joy, you was all over it. The word joy here. It's not just a smile on your face, but it is the Hebrew word, rina, 
And it quite literally, I, I won't read it to you, but you can go home and read it for yourself in the Strong's Concordance. The word rena literally means a shrill sound, a shout of joy. So it could quite literally be translated, wailing may endure for the night, but shouting is coming in the morning time. Can I tell you what we're doing around here is biblical. Thank you for all three of you that got what I just said. The rest of y'all, I, I, I hope to God that you get somewhere and eat good tonight. I'm here to tell you right now, you need to wake up and realize what the man of God said. You're going in to a new season. And what you need to know is when you get past the wailing, there's going to be something that comes up that comes out of your spirit and you can't keep it quiet. You can't hold it down. There's a shout that comes. David, what you doing? I've been through some stuff. I, I had people talk about me. I, I had people abuse me, but I made it out and I got a shout about it. So here, listen, this is it. I'm almost done. I told y'all, you missed me, didn't you? I'm not saying you're long-winded or anything. I'm just saying I preach shorter than you. I want you to hear me. Weeping. May. That's a possibility. Some of y'all are getting it. Wailing. May. That means maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But when he said joy. Joy. Coming, weeping, maybe, joy, absolutely. Let me ask you a question tonight. How many miracles have you missed because you came to church crying over a maybe? How many breakthroughs have you missed because you came sucking your thumb, telling the pastor everything going wrong over something that may happen or may not? I present to you, ladies and gentlemen, that it's time to realize that there's a lot of stuff that might happen and might not. But one thing I can stand on, a shout's going to come. Joy is coming in the morning. Depression. May. I feel like preaching like a preacher tonight. Depression. May. Will. Turmoil. May. Joy. Will. Heartache. May. Let's just be honest with yourself. You cut your hand on the job and it didn't heal up as quick as you thought it should. And you got, went to the doctor, WebMD, and started looking at your symptoms and what started out as a little cut ended up brain cancer because it's human nature to worry about the unknown say well that's a little extreme there preacher yeah but it was just one little bump in the road the devil told you he was going to take you out and you forgot that the devil answers to God too the devil said he was going to take your kids. And so you come to church and wouldn't worship and wouldn't shout and wouldn't dance because the devil told you a maybe when you don't even realize you got an app. You got an absolutely that I got God on my side. I would to God you'd get rid of every symptom that you've been looking up and seeing spiritually. Well, this is wrong with me and this is wrong with me. Let me tell you what's right with you. You got a covenant with a card that'll come down at the mention of his name. Let me tell you what's right with you. When you come into the house of God and lift up your hands, he'll come down and he'll work a miracle for you. 
you focus on the babies long enough, you'll backslide. You focus on the babies long enough, you'll give up on your marriage. I'll go a step further than that. You focus on the babies long enough, you'll ruin your marriage. Ooh, help, Lord. You focus on the babies long enough, and the devil don't have to fight you because now you're fighting yourself. That's why when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but Jesus told me, take no thought for tomorrow, what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you're going to put on. He said, don't worry about the maybe, honey. Stand on what you know. There's a God that's going to make a way. There's a God. If you're sick, you can walk out healed because the healer's in the house. If you're bound, you can walk out free because the deliverer's in the house. I'm here to tell you, there's an absolutely in this house tonight. Why is David setting the stage for this? Because he's saying, baby, I done been through some stuff. And I know anytime you do anything for God, there's going to be adversity. I know there's going to be heartache. I know there's going to be pain. But I know that my test cannot compare to my testimony. I know that the trial cannot compare to the gold. I know that though he slay me, devil, let me give you an absolutely tonight. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. You want to know why? Because I know that God keeps on making a way. Hallelujah. You may feel as if tonight that you are outnumbered. There was a man by the name of Jonathan that starts walking up on old hill. He's got his armor bearer in tow. Come here, Brother Brock. They're getting ready to go fight a battle. They don't know if they're going to win or not. And Jonathan says to his armor bearer, he said, boy, we're about to go up here and we're fixing to face the enemy. He said, we're going to ask him a question. We're going to ask him, can we come up? And they say, if we can come up to where they're at, we're going to go up. Now, they don't know if they're going to win. They don't know if they're going to die. We know they're outnumbered at least 20 to 1. But you know what Jonathan said? Jonathan said, for it's not like the Lord to deliver by many or by few. You missed it. You know what Jonathan was saying? It doesn't matter if we die or not. God's going to deliver. What are you doing? I, I just wonder if that was something inside of Jonathan while he was walking up that hill. He just started saying, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Yeah, but, 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 but you're outnumbered and, and, and you're depressed and you're dealing with anxiety, but he said, joy is mine. Y'all ain't gonna have me help me have church. Joy is mine. Joy today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Joy today is mine. But preacher, you don't know what I'm I'm facing. I'm I'm, I'm surrounded. Deliverance is mine. Deliverance is mine. Deliverance today is mine. I told Satan. 
can't be behind. Deliverance today is mine. See, it, it's, it's an attitude that you got to get that you understand. Like Paul, Paul's on his way, and they come, Paul's sleeping. Act like you're sleeping. No, you don't have to get down there, but I mean, if you want to, we can, we can do that. Just, just, yeah, there we go. Wake up, Paul! We about to wreck. We're in a storm. Everything's going bad. You know what Paul does? Okay. And he goes back to sleep. We're going to get this together one day. He goes back to sleep. Paul, why are you sleeping? I got a word from God. I'm going to Rome. But we might wreck. We might. But I got a word that we ain't going to die. I'm going into a new season, and I've got victory on the brain. I'm going, oh, I'm going in to possess the land, and I'm standing on it absolutely. I start thinking about the maybes. I start thinking about the maybes. I got plenty to weep about. I got plenty to wail about. I got plenty to complain about. I got I got plenty to come to church and throw in the towel about. But when I start thinking about the absolutes, David said, weeping may, but shouting will. I got plenty to shout about too. And let me just tell you something, honey. In spite of what the devil told you, you got more to shout about than you got to cry about. I wish somebody holler at your boy right now. Somebody been through something that the devil done tried to take you out. But you got a shout that says, I cannot be silent because I've got an absolutely God keeps on making a way. focusing on maybe they wait till the right song gets in before they start shouting but I don't need you to sing my favorite song I don't need you to put in my favorite key all I need to do is start thinking about it absolutely I'm in a new season and I'm gonna shout about it you ought to act like he already made a way you ought to shout like he already delivered your family you ought to dance like he already did it Get the Holy Ghost right now. God can fill you with the Spirit right now. this year how many of you has the devil told you you're not going to make it to see the end of the year you're not you're, but I want you to take a look around just just do you a little 360 honey look around 
look where you're at. You already proved that the devil is a liar by making it to the... You already showed the devil that he can't win because you made it into the house of the Lord. finances, whatever kind of miracle it is, and I'm not talking about general miracle. I'm talking about you really need something from the Lord. I want you to get up here in this space right now. Come on, press your way in. Press in, press in quickly, quickly, quickly. I'm talking about people that are desperate. You're not coming up here unless you're desperate. You're not coming up here unless, God, you got to move now. Dance like he did it. That's the word. If you can dance right now like he already did it, I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, there's going to be some miracles come out of this service right here because your praise is prophetic. Your praise is stepping into what hasn't happened yet. Jesus name, God's working miracle. 